The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You bet it is. It is uh, five minutes after one o'clock on a Sunday, Sunday, and it's uh, time for you to call in. You have time, uh, plenty, almost an hour to uh, voice your opinions, ask your questions about your job, uh, about being off work about anything having to do over the last eight weeks or uh, eight years for that matter, bring it on. 416-870-6400. Are you being recalled back to work? You're not sure how that's going to work. Have you heard something from your boss or your employer? Those phone calls, good too. I know there's still a lot of head scratching going on out there, so so bring it on. 416-870-6400. That and the email address, help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can always go to uh, employmentlawyer.ca anytime to check out uh, past radio shows and links to our TV show as well, but we always start with a couple couple things on the other week that was before we get into our topic for the day, which is you must do something about it when dot dot dot. That is on the way, but uh, pal, how are you on the Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon? Well, not too bad, actually. You know, our weather is improving and uh, looking mm-hmm. forward to uh, a good week, busy week as always. Uh, last week certainly was busy. I've, I've I continue to talk to a lot of people, uh, questions about their jobs, uh, workplace issues, returning back to work, being let go from work, severance yeah. packages. So if you have any questions like that at all, anything to do with your job, God knows that there's a lot of issues related to work right now. Bring them on. Call us right now with those questions. Maybe it's for you or for a, fa- a friend or family member. No problem. Let's uh, talk about it. Let's solve those problems. I've said this a hundred times. I'll say it a hundred and one times, and that is employment laws are still here. They haven't gone anywhere. They still protect employees in the exact same ways. So let's talk about exactly how that works for you. And of course, of course, of course, if you want to just talk privately with me, uh, email or call will give you my uh, contact information if you don't feel like getting on air tonight. But certainly getting on air uh, helps others that are listening to the show right now. But I wanted to talk about a couple situations that came across my desk uh, over the past few days. Uh, I spoke with a, a gentleman who uh, was a teacher, is a teacher at a private school. He's been a teacher in that private school for some eight years. And uh, every year, uh, right around this time of year, he signs a new contract for the following school year. So right around May, he signs a contract for September to go back to school and teach. He's done that every year. Well, the uh, owner of the school just said that they're expecting enrollment to be down in September because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So because of that, there's not going to be a job for him. So they said, we're not going to renew. We're not going to sign a new contract with you. Uh, so you're going to be done in, in June and wish you all the best. Uh, so he, obviously concerned, upset. It's his only source of income, of course. He called me and he wanted to know, is this right? So here's the thing, John, even though he signs a new contract every every year, that contract is meaningless. Once you sign more than three, three is kind of that magic number, more than three contracts, you become, in the eyes of the law, a regular indefinite employee, meaning that contract that you sign, is it doesn't matter. So what does this mean? Now that they're saying we're not going to renew they really have terminated his employment. He's an indefinite employee. So they have to pay him severance. They have to pay him severance like an eight-year employee. For him, right around nine, ten months of pay is what he would be owed. And so I'm going to help him get that. But I wanted to remind everyone here, whether it's COVID-related or not COVID-related, if you sign a bunch of contracts with your employer for six months and another six months, et cetera, et cetera, then you become, after that third contract usually, 
an indefinite employee. That contract will become meaningless, and that's important because if the company now says after 10 contracts, 6 contracts, whatever, we're done, we're not going to sign another one, that becomes a termination. Now you're owed severance. So very important to keep that in mind. They don't get to just say, well, now we're done without uh, any severance obligations. 416-870-6400 to call into the show now and talk to us. We'd love to have you on the air. The show is for you. And uh, to reach out, by the way, when we're not on air, 1-855-821-5900. What else you got going on? I spoke with a lady who had recently been called back to work, but was called back into a different role. Didn't want that role. It was a role that uh, involved sales. She never did sales before. Had no interest in this role. Uh, but her employer said, well, I mean, she told them they didn't, she didn't want to. Well, you know, your only options is to either take this role or to resign. And mm-hmm. I was, com- so she contacted me and I said, well, simply just tell them that you don't want to do the role and don't resign. But, but then she says, well, they told me I have to resign. They're not going to terminate me. I have to resign. So I wanted to explain this here because you have to understand a resignation is something that you only get to choose to do. No one can ever tell you to resign. There's no such thing. All right. So when they tell her, well, you have no choice but to resign, her response should be, uh, I beg to differ. I do have a choice. I'm not resigning. If you don't want me to work here, that's okay. You can terminate my employment, pay me my severance, but you cannot be made to resign. So keep in mind, if your employer gives you this ultimatum, do something or resign. There is no such thing as a forced resignation. You can absolutely say no. No one can tell you to resign. So if you're ever in that situation, you're not sure what to do, call me. Happy to chat with you. There is no such thing, John, as a forced resignation. You bet. The number to call, 416-870-6400. Good warm-up. We'll take a quick break and get right back into it. Bring on your phone calls. Phone lines are uh, are wide open, 416-870-6400. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. This is the Sunday afternoon edition of the Employment Law Show. It's right here on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is here at uh, one fifteen on Sunday afternoon. you got plenty of time. Bring the phone calls on. They are quiet right now. It is uh, 416-870-6400. Do not be bashful. Bring it on. You have questions about your job, your employment. Maybe you're getting a Lancy at home. Maybe you've been called back to work and you're a little, uh, little gun-shy about uh, you know the standards and the physical distancing and will that all be taken care of or you just have questions about going back period uh give us a call 416-870-6400 this is the show where you want to ask those questions but in the meantime and your emails as well help at employmentlawyer.ca things you must do about it uh or sorry you things you must do something about when i'm going to rifle these off to you pal and we're going to uh, go through each so the first one is this you're being recalled back to work but being paid less i i've gotten this exact situation literally a hundred times over the last couple of weeks oh uh, with individuals being called back to work and they're being paid 75, 50%, whatever it is, less than what they were making before. And of course, the, the natural question is, can my employer do this? Well, our, our regular listeners know hopefully the answer and that answer hasn't changed just because we're dealing with COVID. And that is, no, your employer does not have the ability to make significant changes to terms of employment. And That includes, of course, reducing your pay. In fact, reducing your pay is probably the most fundamental change to the term of employment. So your employer does not have a right to reduce your pay, even if it's because of COVID. 
If your employer does that, and we're talking about things you have to do something about, well, if your employer does that, you have the right to treat that as a termination. And we call that a constructive dismissal. Now, why do you have to do something about it? Because if you don't, if you simply say, well, you know what, I understand, so I'm going to accept this pay cut, which is fine, but if you do that, number one, there's no obligation on the employer to re- increase your pay, even though you, right. you think that it would be natural that they would. There's no obligation, but it gets worse. By accepting this pay cut, you've given them the right to do it again in the future. So six months later, they want to say, now we're going to move you from 75 to 50%. At that point, you won't be able to do something about it. So what do you do about it? Well, two things you can do about it. The first thing, yes, as I said, you have the right to treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave with your severance. The other thing you should do, if you don't want to leave, if you don't want to pursue a constructive dismissal, what you have to do is send your employer a note, an email, saying in that email, employer, I am only accepting this change on a temporary basis, and I expect to be back at my normal salary as soon as possible. If you do that, at least you protect yourself a bit because then your employer can't say, no, no, you just accepted it indefinitely. So either treat that as a constructive dismissal or send that email but the worst thing you can do if you're taking a pay cut is just to continue going to work like nothing happened. That is an invitation for more bad things to happen in the future. It is 416-870-6400, the number to call us here at the station now and get your questions if it's related to anything we talk about. That's fine. If not, bring it on as well. Would uh, love to talk to you. You must do something about it when, despite your good performance, your employer puts you on a performance improvement plan. Another very common question, not not because of COVID, just generally, in a situation where someone is getting criticized or getting uh, put on a performance improvement plan or getting disciplined when they don't feel that's right. Now, usually when an employer does that, puts you on a performance improvement plan or gives you a warning, what have you, what they're often trying to do is trying to build a case in the event that they have to let you go for cause so that they can show at that point, oh, look at all these things the employee did. We now can let them go for cause. So the worst thing that can happen for you is if if you are getting an unfair performance plan or, or unfair appraisal is to simply say nothing about it. Because remember the rule in employment law, being silent is the same as saying, I agree. Being silent is the same as saying, I accept. So if you accept it, fine. If you don't accept it, why be silent? So what do you do? If you're getting an unfair performance improvement plan, uh, unfair uh, performance review, then you have to say so and you have to say so in writing. I want you to send, again, email to your employer saying, employer, here's what you said I've done. Here's what actually happened, though. Tell your employer what they, what they got wrong, what they may not understand, what they may not know. I'm not suggesting you be aggressive about it. I'm not suggest- suggesting you, you start accusing people or, or being nasty. Not, not at all. But it is absolutely essential that you put your position in writings that they know what you agree and what you disagree with. By doing that, you're protecting yourself. You're going to have more job security. You're going to make it that much more difficult for the company to let you go for cause. So yes, if you get an unfair performance improvement plan or unfair performance review, you have to do something about it. We will return with more of those talking points and uh, your emails as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca and the phone call anytime. Bring it on now, 416-870-6400. It's uh, 120 on a Sunday. We'd love to have you chime in and give us your opinion. And anytime you want to go there, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well, free. 
You can just walk away after you use it, or there's a contact button at the top right. We'll carry on here, rather, with more of the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back indeed. It is uh, plenty of time for you to still to call in 416-870-6400 is the uh, the way to do that at 123. You want an email that is help at employmentlawyer.ca. You must do something about it when. That's what we're talking about here. And the next one is this. Your employer starts taking away responsibilities or changing hours of work work, which on the surface doesn't seem like a bad thing, but no. No, absolutely not. If if your employer changes terms of employment, if your employer does something to your job, to your compensation, to your hours, etc., that you don't like, you don't agree with, you can't just be silent because it goes back to the rule that I've outlined before, that silence is the exact same thing as acceptance. So if your employer does something and, and you say, well, you know, I, I'm kind of afraid of my employer, so I'm not going to say anything, well, then you've accepted it. And the problem with accepting it is, well, now you're stuck, but then you can be in that exact same situation in the future. Uh, and next time they do it, you may not be able to do something. Remember, your employer cannot change terms of employment significantly. Constructive dismissal are the words that have to come into mind. Mm-hmm. So you either treat that as a constructive dismissal or you talk to your employer, make sure they understand you're not agreeing to this or you're agreeing to it on a very limited basis, but you got to do something. Usually when your employer starts you know, tinkering and messing with the terms of employment, I, I really do think it's time to consider constructive dismissal. Uh, you don't want to open the door so that your the job that you had is no longer the job you're going to have. Not a good idea. So if you're ever in that situation, your employer is facing or enforcing you to face some uh, changes to terms of employment, give me a call. Let's talk about that. Let's discuss the idea of constructive dismissal so that you can at least enforce your rights. By the way, you want to reach out any other time when we're not on the air? Simple. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's the way to do that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca or any other time you can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Just getting a couple calls lined up here. In the meantime, we'll get to those in in a sec here. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. You must do something about it when I hate this one. I hate this. After a few years on the job, the old employer walks up and says, Yeah, you want to sign a new employment agreement? It's not a big <laughs> deal. Just just sign right here. Well, you, you, what you just said there is exactly what a lot of people believe. That's not a big deal, you know. Yep. And and you know what? I'm going to take a quick look. Well, you know what? My salary is the same. Uh, my job's the same. So, hey, if it makes my employer happy, I'll just sign it and continue working. What's the big deal? Yeah. God, no. Please don't. Don't ever do that because there are so many other terms of employment that are important other than just whether your salary is the same or if your vacation is the same. There could be terms in that agreement, probably are, that would limit your future severance, cost you tens of thousands of dollars, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. There could be terms in that employment agreement that allow the company to change your job, to lay you off temporarily, to do other things as well. The only reason an employer is going to ask you to sign a new employment agreement out of the blue, it's because it's better for the employer, right? They're not going to say, hey, we're going to, just because we woke up in a good mood today, we're going to ask you to sign an employment agreement that is better for you. No, it's not going to happen. So if you're being asked to sign an employment agreement, remember, you don't have an obligation to do that and you shouldn't. 
So if you're not sure what it says and you're not you're concerned about what it all means, send me a copy. Let me talk to you about it once I've reviewed it. But the general rule is if your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement, don't. If you do, you will find out later that it's too late, that you've given up rights. Not a good thing to do at all. Very important to remember that. 416-870-6400 is the way to call through, ask your questions. Benjamin, and uh, welcome to the show, and uh, a good Sunday to you. How are you? Good, guys. Thanks for uh, taking my call. You bet. Last week, my employer announced voluntary retirement slash voluntary leave. I've been identified as one of the employees that's going to get one of these offers. I haven't got the offer yet, but I was wondering what range it should be in. I'm... um, I'm going to be 55 this year. I've been there for 31 years. I don't have so, anybody uh, reporting to me. So here's the thing, Benjamin. If they were actually terminating your employment, if they were deciding, you know what, Benjamin, you had a good run. Unfortunately, we have to part ways now. They'd have to pay you right around two years pay, 24 months pay. Now, that's 24 months salary, 24 months benefits. If you have bonuses, that 24 months over your average bonus. Again, car allowance, anything that you, you receive as an employee. Now, if it's not a termination, they're simply saying, hey, if you want to, only if you want to, Benjamin, here's what we're going to offer you, then it's up to you to decide whether you like it or not. They may come back and say, we'll give you 200 bucks. I mean, <laughs> if you like it, you'll accept it. If you don't like it, you won't accept it. All I can tell you is what they would have to pay you if it was a termination. It's two years pay. Uh, I, I would be very shocked, Benjamin, if they offer you two years pay. It's probably going to be a lot less than that, but... Ultimately, if you can say no and you're, if you're not happy, that's fine. You may even be able to negotiate, but in a termination, is two years' pay is what they, what they would owe you. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you, Benjamin. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay safe and uh, stay dry very shortly. That's going to be an issue. Move on to uh, Rick. Get Rick in here before the break. Good afternoon, Rick. Hi. How are you? Good, fellow. What's uh, up? Quickly, quickly, I have... Um, you're going to be opening again next week. It's a manufacturing business, and... Uh, I have several employees who are, do not want to come back to work right now because they're getting the two thousand dollars to yeah. stay at home, uh, and they would make three thousand if they came to work, which is an extra thousand. And they're deeming they. they I, I mean, I don't want to get rid of them. They're good people. I just uh, what if push comes to shove? Where do I stand as an employer? Great question. Terrific question, Rick. So here's the thing. You have the right to expect your employees to come back to work. Now, by refusing work that's available to them, not only could you then treat them as having resigned, they would actually lose the CERB. So the CRB is only for those employees who have no ability to work because their employer doesn't have work for them. It's not for those people that choose to stay home because they like getting paid. So here's what you could do. First of all, I want you to let them know, and sending an email is always good, so there's a record, saying, just so you know, employees, I've taken all the safety precautions that I'm required to take, so you have to do that so that there's no question that you're not putting them at risk, number one. Number two is I expect you back to work, but employees, if you're not going to come back to work, I have no choice but to, ex- but to consider you to have resigned, and you should also know that that would disqualify you from the CERB. See how fast they'll come back to work when you do that. Uh, but th- those are your rights. You do have a right to have your employees back at work. Okay, thanks a lot. 
Thanks, Rick. And, uh, you know, you're probably going to want to reach out afterwards as this thing carries on. If you get more issues, do so. It's 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. That's to reach Lior and the team at the firm any other time. And help at employmentlawyer.ca. Your phone calls, bring them on. we got uh, lots of time and lots of room. 416-870-6400. It is just that easy to get some answers. Your phone calls and more of our topic and uh, emails on the way with the Employment Law Show. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back indeed. Plenty of time for your phone call, 416-870-6400. And that is the number to call in, get your questions answered. Takes uh, about a minute or two and that's it. And you'll walk away the wiser and you want to carry on after that. You can uh, send an email that is help at employmentlawyer.ca. 1-855-821-5900. That's the number for the firm. And always check this website out. And it also includes the severance pay calculator. That would be pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You know, we're going to get back to our list of things uh, you must do something about when dot, dot, dot. But that last phone call from Rick, that's the, uh, it's funny, you know, it's, it's, I guess, because people in businesses, thank God, are starting to open up again and we're starting to get the economy hopefully back to where it was and get people working. It's fantastic news. But that is including yesterday, the fourth person I heard, I heard a, a woman, I was walking my dog yesterday and she, she had the same thing. She's gone back to work and there is some staff, some junior staff, I guess they don't make as much money, but I'm hearing that a lot. People saying, eh, I'm not going back to work. I'm making 2000 bucks on the side, free in the government teat. Why would I want to go back to work? I mean, I guess there's a little socialist in all of us, but God, come on. But that's pretty important information that you put out there that, no, you get off your butt and go back to work. This is not a free lunch, right? Well, yeah, you, you said you've heard I've heard it many times. In fact, right uh, before we went on air and during the news, uh, one of the stories was how a lot of employers are saying we're having a hard time getting people back to work because of that. So here's here's the issue here. Uh, employees think they can just sit at home and get the, get paid. What I'm trying to avoid is for these employees to get a rude awakening and yeah. then be out of a job and out of the benefits. So it's one thing if you you no longer have the benefits, but now at least you have your job. But if you don't go to work, you're going to lose your jobs, you're unemployed, and you're not going to have any benefits. Talk about being in a bad situation. So if you're going to think, unfortunately, that you can just keep getting these benefits if you don't want to go to work, that's wrong. And you're going to be in a very, very difficult financial situation if you make that decision. So if, again, if you're not sure, but if you qualify for the CRB, etc., happy to talk to you. But you can't simply decide, I'm not going to work and continue to get paid. It doesn't work that way. It's a wonderful thing to have a job in this economy. And if it's clawing you back, man, you kiss the ground on the doorstep before you walk in because it's a great thing to have a job in this environment, man, I'm telling you. Uh, right back to it here. You want to call in 416-870-6400. Bring it on. And you must do something about it when. Uh, you've asked your employer to investigate sexual harassment by a coworker, but nothing has been done about it yet. You've got to be on top of that. You really do. Uh, and we all have a have completely a fundamental right to work in a harassment-free work environment. That's such a basic right that we all have. Uh, unfortunately, and I've, I've talked about this many times, and many employees are going to find themselves at some point in an unhealthy work environment where they're being harassed or mistreated, made by a coworker or, or a boss. And obviously, the first thing you want to do about it is you want to tell your employer. You want to give your employer the opportunity, number one, to know about it, number two, to fix the problem. 
An employer is obligated to investigate, is obligated to make all efforts to resolve the problem, to remove you from a bad situation, to perhaps punish someone that's uh, mistreating you, uh, but they can't ignore it. So if at all possible, I want you to give the company the opportunity to resolve it. Now, in some situations, that's not an option because maybe the person that, that's harassing you is the owner of the company, so there's really no one to go to. Uh, or maybe you've tried and nothing happened. Well, then that doesn't mean you give up, not at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do, you're going to find yourself off on a disability leave with emotional distress and depression. Not a good idea. You have to do something about it. Well, if you can't resolve it internally, we have to resolve it externally. So at that point, I can get involved and I can either give the company the the kick in the pants it needs to do something, to get off its butt and and do something, or I can just get you out of that situation, get your compensation, get your severance, and so that you can move on somewhere else. But I don't want anyone to to continue working in an environment where they're being harassed, bullied, mistreated. That's wrong. I've seen so many people over the years, John, go off on disability leaves, don't do that to yourself or your family. If you can't resolve it internally, let me help you get you out of there the comp- with the compensation so that you can go work somewhere else that's much healthier. And, uh, and you've said it before, it's so extremely important if it's the case where it's your actually supervisor, the one who you're supposed to be reporting this to is the one who is, is doing this to you. Then you've got to re- reach out to you. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and in some situations, uh, it is the top dog, the top person that's the one that's mistreating you. So what, who are you going to go talk to? There, there really right. isn't an option. Sometimes it's just two of you in the workplace, and it's the person next to you that's harassing. There's no one else. Well, again, if you can't do that, there's no one to talk to internally. That doesn't mean that's the end of the road. Not at all. Reach out to me. Let me help you. Let's get it resolved. Still time for your calls, 416-870-6400, help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. We'll get right back to this. Uh, you must do something about it when all kinds of these on this list are very important, especially when you're going back to work now. If you are going back to work after a, a little bit of a leave with the coronavirus, we'll get to that and more. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is uh, 140 on your uh, 141 now on Sunday afternoon. 416-870-6400 is the number. Email addresses help at employmentlawyer.ca. You must do something about it when. That's a topic we're covering on the show today and some emails in just a bit. Uh, next one is this. You're being offered a job as a quote-unquote independent contractor, but you know that you're not really one. And that is really something that happens often. And in fact, for most people uh, that are offered a job as an independent contractor, maybe they realize it, maybe not, but they're probably not actually independent contractors. Most people that work as independent contractors are misclassified. Uh, and because the, the, the reason for that is because the law decides if you're an employee or an independent contractor, not you, not the company you work for, not the document that you sign, not how you pay your taxes. So if you're now accepting a job to work as an employee, to, to work a regular job, but as an independent contractor, you're actually agreeing to doing something that's illegal. All right. So it's never, ever a good idea. I, I don't think I need to go on radio to say this, but it's never a good idea that to agree to do something that's illegal. And it's illegal in terms of if you misclassify yourself and you're going to uh, tell CRA that you're an independent contractor when you're not, there could be consequences at some point. 
So not a good idea to do that. So if you really believe that you're an employee, talk to your employer and say, employer, here's my concern. My concern is that if CRA ever looks at this and they determine that I'm an employee, we'll both be in a, in a whole uh, heap of trouble. Not a good idea. So why don't we just call a spade a spade? I'll be an employee. Put me on payroll and let's move on. Uh, if your employer, if the company you're going to work for won't do that, well, you have to decide whether you, you're willing to take that risk. If you have a regular job, if you go to work every day and come home and you do that for a while, you are an employee. If the job you're accepting is going to be that type of job, then you're an employee. An independent contractor really is someone else, is someone that has a bunch of clients, uh, that goes, does a job here, a job there, works with this person, works with that person. If that's you, cool. Yeah, you're an independent contractor. If you're not that, then you're an employee. And remember, if you are a misclassified and you, the company is treating you as an independent contractor, if you lose that job, you're owed severance like an employee. You're owed also vacation pay and overtime pay and holiday pay, etc. So yes, you have to do something about it. Never just agree uh, to do something that's illegal. That That is always a bad idea. What if I do contract out my work? I officially have clients. I do go around to different clients, but I have one client that does, I don't know, 70% of my business. Well, if you're in that situation, so you're not an employee, but you really do, do depend on this one company, well, then the law says no. you're a dependent contractor. You're not an independent, you're a dependent. Now, that's important because if someone is a dependent contractor, they get most of their money from one company, then they're owed severance like an employee. They're not, they don't get vacation pay, they don't get overtime or, or holiday pay, but you do get severance. So if you're a dependent contractor and your biggest client lets you go or terminates the relationship, they have to pay you severance. It could be months and months pay. If you're definitely in that situation, you gotta call me right away. And that number, by the way, outside of the show hours, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Moving on to a phone call. Harry, thanks for uh, taking the time. Good afternoon. What's going on, guys? Big fan of the show. Always have been for years. Beautiful. Thanks, pal. What's, uh, what's up? Actually, currently a client, uh, your partner, uh, Lior John, is taking care of me, right? Yep. But because I've been so stressed out and family illness and all that stuff, right, there's a couple questions I didn't probably ask him, and I know he's busy, right? You all are, obviously, right? So my question being, um, I'm in the legal process of constructive dismissal against my company at this point, Right. Like, it's, it's a done deal. I'm going forward with this, no matter what. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, if they call me back tomorrow, right, what do I do? So, first of all, let me say this, uh, Harry. We're never, John, myself, no one ever is too busy to answer your questions. Uh, never. 24-7, you can always reach out to us. So, so never hesitate to, to ask John questions. Now, obviously, I don't know a lot about your case, but generally, here's what happens. If you're being called back to work to the job that you had previously before the company constructively dismissed you, then there would have to be a good reason not to go back. Maybe uh, it's embarrassing. Maybe they mistreated you or et cetera. If they're calling back to calling you back to a very different job than what you had, then you don't have to go back to it. So it, it really does depend on the circumstances. Uh, but either way, we're always prepared for that eventuality. We'll be able to deal with it. And I do think you should give uh, John a, a call so he can talk to you about it, given the fact that he's the one handling it and obviously knows your matter the best. He wasn't not he, believe me. He wasn't negligent and taking care of me. I just never. You guys were on the show today, and I said, well, you know what, the main man's there. Let me ask. Him. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Don't worry, we, we got you. Your case is not going to be affected. It really does depend on, on what terms they're offering to call you back. Uh, so, so reach out to John. He'll he'll make sure that uh, we can answer your questions specifically. Okay. So just one more thing. Um, I've been off March 25th, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. I thought you would uh, let me off. No, no. No, go. Consider termination, right? Anything before that is, is uh, constructive dismissal. So you were laid off temporarily, right? Yes, temporarily laid off, yeah. Right, so tempor- a temporary layoff is a constructive dismissal. It's, it's always been the case. It's still the case. So yeah, if you've been laid off temporarily, even if it's because of COVID, that is a constructive dismissal, absolutely. So it means you're owed severance, for sure. Websites, dude, I know so much about this, believe me. But yeah. my being is, is it better to wait for the termination date than just constructive dismissal? Will it get me more in severance? It's all about the money. You guys know this. It, it won't get you more. Uh, but if if you knew, for example, that well next week they're just going to terminate you flat out, for example, then we may as well wait for that. It makes life easier. Uh, but it, it doesn't mean you get more. You get the same amount. It's just a question of what's the fastest way to get from point A to point B, point being getting you severance. But so... If you know they're going to call you back, then probably want to pursue constructive dismissal. If you think they're going to let you go, probably best to wait for that. So it really does depend. We have a, we have a ton of guys working over there already, and I'm the senior guy, and I'm just still up and call me back. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Good. good. Harry, thanks, pal. Appreciate uh, appreciate you reaching out, and good luck, and say hi to John, because he's, uh, he's always on top of it all. 416-870-6400. Moving on to, uh, to Trevor. Hi, Trevor. Thanks for standing by. How are you? Good, you? Good, pal. What's, uh, what's on your mind? So I have a friend who um, works for the district school board. They only do part-time work, and they are getting paid. But he was telling me that because he, he makes less than 1000 a month, he's eligible for the $2,000 a month. And I told him because he's getting paid, I don't think he's eligible. He'll have to pay it back. I'm just wondering what uh, the answer is. So, yeah, he is allowed. He is allowed to make up to $1,000 a month and still get the CRB. So if he's not making more, then he's fine. He won't have to pay it back. Uh, but 1000 is that very firm threshold. So even if that's their normal pay, like there's been no reduction in pay at all because of this? No, that's no, sorry. No, if, if there's been no reduction, then no. Then he, it, 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 he won't qualify. If, if he's simply getting paid, he hasn't been impacted, yeah. he will have to pay it back. No, I agree. I assume that he was making more. No, no, no. No, it's not supposed no. to be money just because. It's supposed to be right. money for people that have been impacted by the virus, their, their, their job or their compensation. So you're absolutely right, Trevor. He will have to pay it back. Okay, thank you very much. I just want to... Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate that. Sorry to cut you off, man. Got to take a quick break. Got the calls lining up. Trying to get a free lunch. Not nice. Ron, John, hang on. We'll get to you guys. 416-870-6400. Quick break. Right back at it. Employment Law Show. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we are back indeed. Want to get to our uh, our phone calls here, so we're going to get right back at it. Laura, thank you for hanging on. How are you? Oh, fine, thanks. How are you? Great. What's, uh, what's on your mind today? So my question is, I've been temporarily laid off. And if my employer does not end up calling me back because the situation doesn't improve, let's say, at what point am I entitled to, or am I entitled to severance at that point or holiday pay? 
Uh, are your benefits now being continued? Uh, I actually don't have benefits. Nothing's being continued, no. Okay. So it becomes a termination automatically within 13 weeks. So that layoff would last for 13 weeks. After that, it's automatically a termination. Now, Laura, how long have you worked there for? Five and a half years. Uh, and what kind of a job, Laura, and, and how old are you? Um, I am almost 60, and it's um, like an administrative position, I guess. So you'd be owed anywhere from six to eight months of pay. So that's what severance for you would look like. Now, you actually don't even have to wait. You have the ability to treat that layoff as a termination right now. But if you would like to see if they call you back, within th- up to 13 weeks that layoff would last. And then if you're not back, you're getting your owed severance. If you don't get that severance, or if it's less than what I just told you, that six to eight months, call me right away, and I'll make sure that you get what you're owed. Are they, are they supposed to contact me after 13 months if the situation doesn't improve, or am I have, do I have to keep track and contact them? Uh, 13 weeks. So, so yes, they should be contacting you. <laughs> they should be contacting you, absolutely. But if they don't, then you don't sit on that. You reach out to them. Uh, so, so mark that day down and make sure you contact them if they haven't before. Okay, thanks for your help, and take care. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll move on here to uh, to Ron. Hey, Ron, thanks for standing by. Good afternoon. Hey, how you doing? Good, pal. What's up? Good. Just a quick question here. We're temporarily off on the SERP, SERP uh, program. Is the company still obligated to sort of issue us our holiday pay, our stat holiday pays as we go? Yes, they're still obligated to pay you what uh, every, everything that you owed. So yes, if you if you worked and, and you earned sta- holiday pay, vacation pay, whatever it is, they have to continue following all their practices and to pay that, those amounts of money. Okay, so if I'm off, a, I'm, if I'm off for a month and the dates fall on like the Good Friday and Holiday Monday, they're still obligated to pay me that, even though I'm collecting serve. Yes, absolutely, they do. Right, thank you. So that's, that answers my question. Thank you very much. You bet, Ron. That's why we do it quick and dirty. Questions and answers. John, thanks for hanging on. How are you, pal? Hi, guys. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'm a non-unionized school bus driver, and it looks like we're getting paid till the uh, uh, end of June. That's uh, sort of the rumor on the street. Now, uh, my employer said uh, that at the end of June, I have to file for UIC, which means I'll get about $1,200 a month. Meantime, everybody I know is getting this 2000 a month, so that doesn't, fare, doesn't seem fair. And they said if you don't go back in September, that means, well, the contracts run out and uh, we, we're not going to be paying you. So I'm just wondering if, if we're entitled to any severance uh, there. I know it's a tricky situation there with the school board. So, sure. So, so I'll address both things. Number one is the EI and number two, the severance. So if you're... Uh, the fact that you're going to be off in June is not because of COVID. It's simply you're going to be off anyway uh, per, per schedule. Then you're not qualified qualified for the CRB because the CRB is only for those that because of the of the virus uh, are now not working. So right, okay. so because of that, regular EI is going to apply to you. I'm not saying that's fair. I'm not at all. It's just the way it is. Now, okay. if you're not back to work in September as you would have otherwise been, then absolutely you're owed severance. Now, how long have you worked there for? Uh, six years. So, and as a bus driver, and how old are you, John? Uh, 65. Wow, then you'd probably be looking at about nine months pay, okay? That's what, what severance for you would look like. So, yes, there's no doubt about that. Even if it's because of the COVID virus, you're not back at, at, at work, then, yes, they have to pay you that severance. If Obviously, you're not going to know that until much closer to, to the beginning of next school year. But if you do find out at some point that that's it, you're not back next year, reach out to me. I'll help you get the severance that you're owed. 
That's great. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you, John. Appreciate uh, the call. Here is that number to reach out uh, in the near future, one 821 5900 That is the one to use. Want to move down to a, an email, uh, I guess, or two, if we got time before we uh, we wrap this up. We'll get to uh, to George. George says, I made over 5000 last year, and I'm making less than 1000 a month now and cannot make more due to COVID. Do I qualify for the CERB? So unlike the previous caller that we had where he said that the, the person there was making a 1000 before, they're still making a 1000 yeah, now, when I said yeah. they don't qualify, well, this person that you just read the email from, yeah, that person does qualify because they were making more, now they're only making a $1,000, then they qualify for the CERB. So if your, imp- your compensation has either been eliminated or reduced to a $1,000, and as long as you made 5000 bucks at least last year, you qualify for that CERB, you are allowed to make up to $1,000. So if that's your situation, you qualify. Uh, so yeah, this person whose email you've read, he, got, he does qualify. Naomi says, just wondering if someone has a sibling passed away, are they entitled to bereavement days off with pay? No. In Ontario, you're, you're only entitled to two days unpaid for bereavement leave. So there's no such thing in Ontario as two pay days or any pay days, unless, of course, the employer decided to have their own policies that uh, provides for pay days. The law does not require except to give you two unpaid days. And that'll do it for us, so uh, carry on, and carry on indeed. You want to reach out to uh, Lior now and the crew, one 821 5900 That email address we use is help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can go to simplyemploymentlawyer.ca to find past radio shows and links to our TV show as well. And always use pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show right here on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.